0: Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Read with your money, only on Money FM 89.3.
1: Welcome readers, this is Read with me Michelle Martin. Are you an entrepreneur who is struggling to master that key skill, learning how to present your ideas? Well, what if you started to think of every pitch as a journey? Could that be a good mindset switch for you? I have some help for you from a very well-known presenter and content producer over in the Philippines. I'm thrilled to welcome the author of a new book on our bookshelves. It's called The Art and Science Of the pitch. John Aguila is a serial entrepreneur, host of CNN Philippines, The Final Pitch. That's a TV show, it's a reality show now in its eighth season. John also heads a startup venture builder called Dragon's Nest, which we will find out more in just a while. But first, John Aguila, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me.
1: Great to speak with you, John. Tell me, I'm looking at the cover of the book. Who is this book for and will it really help someone pitch a reality TV show, as your cover says?
0: (laughs) Well, that's part of it. But essentially, you know, all of us, regardless of what we do, we always pitch, whether it's to uh, investors, our stakeholders, even our wives, our husbands, right? We're always pitching something. So the art and science of the pitch is essentially a playbook for those who are looking to pitch um, either to their partners, to investors and in this special case, because of my experience producing our reality show, even pitching two reality shows, like uh, I, I think the most well-known, as we all know, is Shark Tank, right? Right. So, I love that. Yes, yeah, so do I. That's that's really been the inspiration behind our own show, The Final Pitch, uh, which is based in the Philippines. Uh, and as you mentioned, we've uh, produced eight seasons of this show already, but we're actually taking this show to Singapore and across the Southeast Asian region. Oh, so,
1: wonderful. So you'll yes, be here soon. Yes. On our yes,
0: screens. I'll, I'll be there soon. Uh, in fact, by, um, by third week of August, I'll be there for the first of a few road shows that we're doing because we are actually onboarding investors who will be the sharks of the final pitch ASEAN, which is going to be the regional uh, business reality show of Southeast Asia.
1: Well, I'm thrilled because investors listen to this show. And so now they have heads up that they could possibly get on your show, John. If they pitch well enough, that is, hopefully. Uh, John, are you naturally good at pitching? You are an entrepreneur. You're a media personality. Would you say that you had this gene of being able to convince people early on in life? Do you think you're naturally good? You around. know what?
0: It's actually the other way around. Because uh, <laughs> When I first started in the TV industry, I actually sucked big time. <laughs> so, you know, Michelle, when I was starting out as a, uh, a new producer, I was constantly pitching my ideas to the mm-hmm. network. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they all got shot down. So for, for some reason, there was something about what I was pitching, how I was pitching it and to whom mm. that was not really uh, making a connection. And so eventually through the years as an entrepreneur, I discovered that there are certain things that if I, if I really thought about it, um, would prepare me to be able to pitch more effectively. And, and that's kind of some of the things that I wanted to bring out into this book. And this book in itself, The Art and Times of the Pitch, is also an amalgamation of advice, tips from different investors from around the world, investors, startups, those who have succeeded and those who have failed. And just really aggregating all of these lessons into a book that even I, as the author of it, would find myself reverting back to it. Because when I started with this book, it was really as a way for me to also prepare myself Mm. to make the biggest pitches of my life, you know? So it's Mm. very personal. Mm -hmm. Um, I reached out to so many people uh, just to find out, okay, what really makes a fantastic pitch? And what makes it something that probably, you know, you should never even attempt to pitch, right? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think actually working in the media is great practice for pitching because, you know, as someone also in the media, I realize you have to have a really thick skin when people say no to <laughs> your right. ideas and you just got to get over it and not take it personally and keep moving on. But you, you as you say, you've you reached out and your book features interviews with founders who have pitched their way to million dollar valuations. So they're very successful. Who are some of the founders that you feature?
0: You know what? I've featured Sprout Solutions. They're actually based in the Philippines, but they have bitched um, yeah. the Silicon Valley. Mm. So, you know, a lot of these uh, startup founders who are based either in, in the U.S. or across Asia, they have gone through, you know, the, the ups and downs, right? Essentially, starting out, you would be receiving a lot of notes. That's, that's actually a given and something that actually prepares you for the best pitches that you will ever make down the road, right? Mm. You know, one of, the, one of the things that I learned from interviewing all of these um, investors is that when you're pitching for the first time, it's actually your worst pitch, right? Because right. you're still refining your pitch. You're still refining everything that goes into trying to make it a fantastic pitch. So the first pitch is actually your worst and your last pitch is actually your best because by that time, (laughs) for obvious reasons, you would have closed that deal. Mm -hmm. And it really is a process by which you are evolving your pitch constantly. And, you know, even from the onset, just also um, keeping in mind that everything really starts from your why.
1: Why? Okay, I like that a lot. Now, you mentioned speaking to founders from both East and West Until Tencent, I think, people thought that the tech world revolved around Silicon Valley and Silicon Valley founders. Um, Do you see a difference between the way investors from the East pitch versus investors from the West or would-be startup founders? Is there a difference East and West when it comes to pitching successfully?
0: There really is a difference. I mean, culturally, uh, there is a lot of, as you know, in Asia... Um, before you can even get a meeting or a pitch with someone, uh, there is a lot of personal i guess introductions involved right It, it, has, it has to be a warm introduction mm. um, in the u s and Silicon Valley in the West, you know you can get away sometimes with a a cold call mm-hmm. I mean I think they're more they're more um, accepting of that. but here in the east it 's mm-hmm. more relationships right and yeah. so you know even the way you get to pitch to someone. Someone has to vouch for you or someone has to know someone from there. So, but the difference is um, there are nuances in the East and West, but at the end of the day, you know, there are certain things that both respond to. There are certain things that, you know, you have to be able to put out there. And that's where the science of the pitch comes in, because I think an investor, regardless where where they're from, they're always looking for some key things that they need to hear from your pitch. And I think everything else revolves around possibly your style. Obviously, if you're, if you're pitching to someone from the West, it's more direct, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, or even the problems that you present are presented in different ways. If you present it, let's say, to Silicon Valley or if you present it in Singapore or some other countries in Southeast Asia and Asia. So I think there are nuances to pitching in the East and the West. But by and large, you should be aware of the things that you should know that kind of uh, ticks the boxes of what the investors are looking for.
1: You're reading with me, Michelle Martin, and today I've picked up The Art and Science of the Pitch. The author, John Aguila, joins me live. You're a founder of Dragon's Nest, John. That's a Philippines-based venture builder, and you're looking to build the region's next exponential startups. We want them to grow exponentially. What are you looking for when you listen to a pitch?
0: You know, what I'm looking for when I listen to a pitch, particularly as the creator and host of our business reality show, is that I'm always looking for a founder with a deep reason for why they're doing it is what what they're doing, right? There has to be um, uh, a why that will make them persevere beyond the rejections that they will inevitably inevitably get um, throughout the course of their business. Uh, they will be getting a lot of these no's, but eventually the, the successful founders are really those who come from a deep place wherein they are possibly solving a personal problem that they've had or are, are solving an opportunity that um, we have mastery at. You know, these are these are founders that have done great things and are are out to solve very big challenges and problems. So that is critical, I believe, you know, beyond mm-hmm. the the, the charisma, you know, beyond the style of pitching. Yeah. I think you really have to have that as a deep reason why you're doing it because you will power through whatever challenges or blocks that you will get uh, along the way. But I think that's very critical, Michelle.
1: It's such a fascinating topic, really, Pitching. And So much has been written about it. But in this book, you talk about uh, bringing up the, the hero's journey. And we know, you know, if we're writers, we know how important that whole structure can be to uh, getting the story through to your reader, to your listener even. So why? what do you reference when you talk about the hero's journey? And what is this three-act structure that you talk about in your book?
0: Okay, so the hero's journey is a mythical structure developed by uh, the late American author Joseph Campbell, and essentially, um, in the hero's journey, as with all of these great um, mythical stories, like even if you look at, uh, for example, you know the great um, stories like Star Star Wars, you have the um, Harry Potter series, you have the stories even from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They all. Uh, follow a a story trope that in a way is predictable but it has elements in them that make it a very very interesting journey that the reader or the viewer um, um, sees the hero go through so you know at the beginning uh, you know you see the the hero in their ordinary world all of a sudden they're called to an adventure you know they're called out to do something great and something that's beyond themselves at the beginning, they refuse that call for the adventure, but eventually, they they accept it and they meet mentors, they meet guides who are able to help them through this journey. You know, eventually they cross a threshold where they encounter tests, allies, enemies, mm-hmm. and eventually the ordeal. Um, you know, they do something that allows them um, uh, to be able to accomplish um, what it is that they set out to do they're rewarded eventually and eventually they return, they're, they resurrect and they return. So eventually, if, if, you, if you take a look at all great stories, all great movies, all great books, they, they follow that, that hero's journey. And what I'm saying in the book is that, and this has been echoed by a lot of uh, people mm. from really great storytellers in Hollywood um, to, to the TV world to, to authors, that the hero's journey is something that will help you as you formulate the pitch For your pitch, because if you are able to connect to the one you're pitching to by painting a picture of um, the startup or your idea as you undergoing this hero's journey, it makes it all the more relatable and something that they are familiar with and can see that, hey, this journey is a journey that I'd like to also take with you, because I can feel that I may probably be or can uh, have a hand in maybe helping you either as a mentor or someone who is able to give you that resource that you 'll be able to to use so that you can accomplish this big uh, goal of yours, so it 's putting it there and you you um, mentioned the three things Michelle. yes and and you know the, one of the things that is also critical, uh, if I may go beyond that sure is that one of the three things if anyone is able to take any, anything away from this conversation. Is that regardless what it is that you're pitching, you always have to have three things, okay? You always have to have this in your deck, in your pitch. So the three things are, so first first of all, mm-hmm. there has to be a problem that you're solving, okay? There has to be something that um, you are presenting out there that is a very big problem to whatever it is that you're pitching. There has to be next a solution, there has to be a solution that you're providing the world, that person. And finally, there has to be a, an ask. It. Because, and this is the funny thing, sometimes people actually present something and they never ask for anything. Michelle, really, it pitch. Yeah, They just say, I this I is the
1: problem, have- this is my solution, and they don't say, and I need half a million dollars?
0: No, surprisingly, <laughs> Michelle, you do not have an idea of how many times I've heard people pitch, and they don't even ask for anything. It's Uh-oh. like they put it out there. <laughs> they put out there the, the problem, the solution, but they never ask for anything. So I'm, I'm, I'm asking them, so, so what do you want? Right. And, and, and surprisingly, they, they don't, because sometimes I, I think they're, they're afraid to ask. <laughs> I think sometimes they're just afraid for a rejection that they don't even ask. So, wow, you know, yeah, there's a lot
1: going on during the pitch process, and I think you know people get so caught up with the details. Sometimes they forget that. <laughs> This is, this is key information that investors want to know. Exactly. So what do you want next? This is great, John. This is great. Exactly. It's such a dynamic book. And I think it's so interesting. You call it the art and the science of the pitch. We know that a lot of it is charisma, the confidence that you project when you're speaking, but also it's the little things, the nitty gritty. For example, what do you, sh- what should you do after you pitch? John, in your book is following up a good idea.
0: Oh, okay. Another very, very good point, Michelle. You know, also, you also have no idea <laughs> how many times successful pitches just because the founders did not follow up actually don't materialize, okay? Because there are what I would call, and this is, um, this is quite quite funny because there, there, there are professional pitchers, right? Some, sometimes there are startups out there, I think who, who are, whose sole objective is to pitch, pitch uh, to pitch competitions to right. investors left and right. Mm. But, you know, the follow-up, you know, the next step, they really have a hard time um, with because, you know, they know how to pitch. They know how to, you know, entice or because of their charisma or charm, they're able to get the interest of the investor. But, you know, they lack the follow-up. They lack the next step and they lack the nitty-gritty Of knowing okay if you close this idea to the mind of the investor what is the next step right because sometimes um, it's one thing to be good at pitching but it's another thing to operationally know what to do next yeah and if you do get that money or you do get that yes Mm -hmm. what is the first second third step after that so sometimes that's really the sticking point is that after the pitch what happens next so I would advise a lot of these startup founders to know what it is exactly Mm -hmm. is the next step because, quite frankly, no matter how good you are pitching, if you don't know the next step and you don't act on it, all that's going to be for nothing, right?
1: Good, good points there, John. You're going to be in Singapore this month, looking out for people to feature on your reality show. Uh, can you give us some some ideas? Are you going to be looking at um, startups in the tech sector, or are you looking across the board? What are you looking for?
0: Yeah, actually, the call out for startups is going to happen sometime late this year. My trip um, this August is going to be primarily to determine who the investor judge from Singapore will be Mm. because right now we are actually coming up with a short list for investors who will represent each of the countries involved in the final pitch, ASEAN. So apart from Singapore, uh, we are involving the Philippines, Indonesia, Thailand, Malaysia, and Vietnam. So my trip to Singapore is actually to determine who the Singapore judge will be, because essentially Mm -hmm. that Singapore judge will be the investor ambassador of singapore to the final pitch ASEAN, so it's going to be a regional show and it's going to be a fantastic way for startups to um if they are looking at expanding across southeast asia it's a great way for them to be able to not just get the funding but to possibly get a strategic partner that will help them expand to these different territories in southeast asia so eventually in time we will announce our search the call out for contestants on the final pitch as the end.
1: So exciting. And John, I'll have some names for you for that judge for sure. Ooh. <laughs> oh, okay. We're going for to chat up there for that. Thank you for being <laughs> with us and sharing your book with us this morning. Have a great day ahead. Thanks, Michelle, for having me.
0: Read with your money only on Money FM 89.3.
1: The book again, The Art and Science of the Pitch, The Wonderful John Aguila is the author. To listen to
0: more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.